Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum is on the air. Never send to know for whom the bell tolls. It tolls for thee. Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum is a call to arms for those American patriots who, in the tradition of our founding fathers, will stand up now to defend the Constitution and the liberties that it guarantees to each citizen, to each of us. That is our mission, to explain in a clear and concise manner the direct effect of each issue on the individual, on you personally not some anonymous being in a distant place, and to define in no uncertain terms the consequences of inaction. Let the battle begin. This is Dr. Dan. Who owns your body? The answer to that question is at the very core of any discussion about healthcare and government. When the government has the authority to make healthcare decisions for you, you have lost complete ownership of your body. This is a centuries-old moral battle between natural law rights, as outlined in the Bill of Rights, and totalitarian collectivism in which the state decides your fate. Let's go all the way back to ancient Greece, to Plato and Hippocrates. Plato believed that a human being's only purpose for living was to serve the Greek empire. Imperfect babies could be killed up to five weeks of age, and people over 45 only received palliative medical care. The decision to terminate a life or withhold care was related to the patient's usefulness to the collective Greek society. Hippocrates believed that human life is divine in origin, and a physician's duty was to protect life from conception to natural death. Fortunately for all of us, Hippocrates won that battle, and except for a lapse of medical ethics by Nazi doctors during World War II, medicine has fulfilled its obligations to humanity as outlined in the Hippocratic Oath until the COVID era. There have been several versions of the oath since the original, which may not actually have been written by Hippocrates himself. The current version is missing some important promises that are part of the original. Here is a summary written by Dr. Robert Smerling, the senior faculty editor, Harvard Health Publishing. Those taking the original Hippocratic Oath promise to use their knowledge of medicine and diet to help patients, avoid harming patients, including providing no deadly medicine, even if requested to do so, not provide a remedy that causes an abortion, and keep patient information confidential. Today's doctors face a number of important ethical decisions that are not included in the modern Hippocratic Oath, which makes no mention of honoring patients' preferences, sharing medical information with patients, avoiding conflicts of interest, such as profiting, by ordering unnecessary tests or treatments, treating all patients equally regardless of ability to pay, social class, education, race, or suspicion of criminality, and avoiding the practice of medicine while impaired. The COVID virus seems to have brought these ethical issues to center stage. That always happens when government bureaucrats and their non-practicing physician advisors start making decisions that should be absolutely reserved for patients, 
with the advice and care of their own physicians. After our commercial break, we will return with Dr. Wiggy Saunders, co-founder of Robinhood Integrative Health and co-medical director of North Carolina Physicians. We are back with Dr. Wiggy, who is an integrative medicine physician in Winston-Salem, North Carolina. He is the co-owner of Robinhood Integrative Health, one of the largest integrative medicine clinics in the country with over 20,000 patients. He is also co-medical director of North Carolina Physicians for Freedom, which is a coalition of healthcare providers fighting for medical freedom. The coalition stands for patient rights, the doctor-patient relationship, individualized patient care, informed consent, and medical privacy. Uh, the websites, and I'm going to give you those right up front so that you have those. Um, his practice website is RobinHoodIntegrativeHealth.com, and the other is North NC Physicians for Freedom.com. Dr. Wiggy, welcome as a guest on Freedom Forum Radio. Thank you so much for having me, Dr. Dan. I am happy to be here, and I really respect what you do trying to fight for freedom, and I think it's really important for us to be fighting for medical freedom, especially with everything that's going on. Dr. Wiggy, I am always welcome to have an ally of your character, believe me. So let's start right off. How does the promises in the Hippocratic Oath relate to how we are dealing with the COVID virus in our country? You know, it's actually kind of sad that we have to be having this conversation because the Hippocratic Oath is something that as physicians, we all have to say when we're going through medical school. And I think we lose track of that, that value and that promise that we make for our patients. A lot of times it gets boiled down to, I think it's, it's oversimplified to, you know, don't do any harm. That's what most people think about when they think about the Hippocratic Oath. But it's so much deeper than that. The Hippocratic Oath is really closer to the golden rule, is that we need to be treating our patients the way that we want to be treated and taking care of them like they're a family member. That's If you look at kind of the original oath uh, that was written, it's basically saying we do whatever we can to take care of our patients to the best of our ability. And that is not happening. Most doctors are not fulfilling their Hippocratic Oath. They are not taking care of their patients the way that they should be. And they're really, they're neglecting the care for so many different people. And we're seeing the consequences of that. I really like that do unto others as you would have them do unto you. That That's kind of a way of, of life that means a whole bunch to people. Because if you really think about that, it's kind of live and let live. You live your life and you let others live theirs. But the other side of the street is they live their life and let you live yours. And you treat them with the respect that all human beings are due. Uh, that's really what the Hippocratic Oath was about. Uh, and I'm, I'm so happy that you believe that too, because as a physician, that's what we all need to do in treating our patients. Well, you know, with, with the Hippocratic Oath, you know, with the, the very basic thing about don't do any harm, that is actually, again, also deeper than people, people think. When it comes to COVID, you know, not doing any harm, there's different ways of doing harm in, in this case. So for a lot of people, doing harm is actually doing nothing. And so when a lot of patients are 
coming and talking to the doctors saying, hey, de- here, these are the symptoms that I'm experiencing. I tested positive. You know, what, what can I do? And unfortunately, what's being told to most, most patients, I'd say the vast majority of patients, they're being told that there's nothing that can be done and I am not going to do anything to help you. And I think in, in that scenario, doing nothing is more harmful than doing something. And most people think, you know, harm is always a, it's a, it's a result of doing some sort of treatment and getting result from, or giving a harmful result from that treatment. But I think it's just as important to be thinking about harm comes from inaction, from not doing anything. And that is, we're seeing that across the board, again, for the vast majority of patients. So we, what happened in, in this country, obviously, is that this entire disease has become politicized. Don't you think that's what what caused this problem? Oh, it's definitely been politicized. I mean, you can't you can't be uh, living on a rock unless you, you think that there's not some sort of political influence uh, that that's happening here. Because I think if doctors are allowed to practice freely, they're allowed to use their critical reasoning, their judgment, they will come up with a solution that is the best for the patient. What's becoming politicized is when other people, other agencies, organizations, even em- employers are telling the doctors what they can and cannot do. And that, that is politicizing it because you are telling a physician what you are or you're not able to do. And it takes away the whole that doctor-patient relationship. You cannot just do what you feel like is best for the patient because you have these other factors, these other powers that be that are influencing your decision. And so you are not able to come up with what you feel like is best. And even if you have an idea of what you want to do, you're feeling pressured to not do that or pressured to do something that just falls in line with what the agency or what the employer is telling you to do. That's one of the the main issues when government becomes involved is that you no no longer have that normal doctor-patient relationship. When you, you should be able as a physician to sit down with your patient, you make a diagnosis, and then you have a person-to-person discussion of here are your treatment options, uh, and you can make a choice freely. I may give you my suggestions, but ultimately, that decision is yours. Isn't that what informed consent is all about? Well, Well, that's been medicine, you know, for the past hundreds of years is that's the way that it's, it's managed, is that you have a patient, you use your education, your, your intelligence, and you come up with what you feel like is the best plan for the patient. What I think has gone wrong, and it's been really highlighted through the pandemic, is that medicine has become not only politicized, medicine has become corporate. So medicine is now not about having all these different independent practices that are able to work together and try and figure out what is working and what's not working. It's becoming corporate where it's only big medicine. They're the ones deciding what is right versus what is wrong. And a lot of times these decisions are being made by people that aren't practicing medicine. They're not on the front lines. They don't see what's working and what's not working. And even when they are presented with information that may be contrary to what they present or what they've decided, they just stick with their guns. They just say, well, this is what we decided and this is what we're going to keep doing. 
And so I think if we can get medicine and, and I'm actually seeing a shift in this, if we can get medicine to start shifting back towards private practice, smaller practices, less corporation involvement, I think we can really start to see medicine have a chance in this country because medicine as it is right now, just being corporate medicine, it's actually not really practicing medicine. You're just following orders and following orders is not, is not really practicing medicine. In many ways, that kind of mirrors what's happening in the country with government. Uh, the centralization of government powers at the federal level is really forcing decisions that taking decisions that should be made locally, taking it away from from local individuals. And so when you see uh, this corporate structure of medicine, there's a lot of pressure being put on the corporate, the corporate structure, which then filters down to the individual physicians. But you know uh, from where you practice and how you practice uh, that you have to be able to adapt treatment to the local conditions. Absolutely. And, and yeah, with, with our organization that you mentioned, North Carolina Physicians for Freedom, we have over 100 uh, different doctors and all fighting for, for medical freedom. And we have doctors that are in the kind of independent uh, practice. And then we have doctors that are in big medicine and in the corporations. And how constricted these doctors feel, it's, it's really sad in a lot of ways because we have a lot of doctors that want to help, but they are, they're afraid to help. They're afraid to lose their job. They're afraid that they are going to be reprimanded for doing what they feel like is, is best for their patients. But there are a lot of people in the private arena that are stepping up and they are able to, I think, to do what they feel like is best according to their, to their knowledge. And so that's why I'm seeing that that's, there's such a big discrepancy between the way that these different groups practice. Big corporations, very restrictive independent practices are able to adapt and be flexible, as you mentioned. And it does depend on not only regional changes, it depends on, I mean, with COVID in particular, the strain that you're dealing with, what is prevalent in the area, what are the primary risk factors that we see in the population around us, and making those specific nuanced changes and by doing so, you, you tend to have better results by being adaptive and by being flexible. You know, when the government and, and big pharma are involved, there's an awful lot of money that, mm. that is brought to bear upon how physicians practice, but also because of the media presence and the control of the media by big dollars. That's kind of what we're fighting, isn't it? Well, I mean, it's uh, big media. I think big anything, big media, big medicine, big government, things get too clunky. They also get too one-sided. And, and there's also just so much, so much uh, influence as far as being able to make decisions. And when it becomes that, where there is that power and that influence to, to make the decisions, then, then there is that, that kind of withdrawal that doctors are doing where they don't even want to, they don't, they don't even want to, uh, to get involved in anything. And they just want to kind of do, do what they're told. And they just kind of go through day by day. 
And it's almost like just becoming going through the motions. That's what medicine is kind of turning into for a lot of people. They just go through the motions day in, day out. And, you know, at, and then at the end of the day, they just kind of go home and kind of live a, live a separate life, like their doctor life and then their, then their family life. And, and it's really sad, again, to see all these people that some really do want to, to help. Other ones are just kind of oblivious uh, to what's happening. And back to your point about, you know, big media, there is such a strong narrative in, in media about only presenting one side of one side of the coin. And anything that goes against that narrative is going to be censored. It's going to be shut down. It's going to be attacked. And so again, that's another reason why a lot, a lot of doctors don't want to get involved because they don't want to be on the other side of the attack. And, you know, just even personally, like I'm able to, you know, speak out and I'm able to come on these shows and I feel comfortable doing so. Part of that is because I'm in private practice and I don't feel like that pressure from the organization not to. But there's so many people that don't feel that same level of comfort because of the way that we are attacked by the media, by the by the powers, because they don't want to hear a different opinion. They only want you to fall in line. So let's talk about contrasting what the government and big pharma want us to do to treat COVID and how you think COVID should be treated as an integrative physician. Yeah, good question. And that can be broken down kind of in two different categories. Uh, one of the categories is early treatment. And then the other category is, is hospital care. I won't really touch on the hospital care because I don't really do any hospital medicine, but I will touch on kind of the early treatment protocol and how it is different besides what the government recommends and, and how I believe early treatment is better when we're proactive. And it really is more of a reactive or a, a nihilism approach, which is the, the government approach and the agency approach. So when someone is diagnosed with COVID, and, and everyone knows this, this is not this is nothing new for anybody. If you are diagnosed with COVID, what they are what doctors are being told to do is they're being told to do nothing. They're saying, well, there's there's no early treatment options available. Tell the person to go home and to get some fluids and get some rest and then go to the hospital when things get so bad that you can't breathe. And, and just saying that out loud, it's, a cra it's crazy that that, is even, that that is even one of the approaches. I, I can't even wrap my head around how that could even be considered a suitable approach. But the truth is, that is one of the approaches. The other approach, and this is where almost anybody that is on the front lines that are treating early it is a proactive approach. As soon as someone shows up with symptoms or someone, someone has a positive test, we start treatment right away. A lot of times we'll start treatment even before they have a positive test. If they had exposure or they're having symptoms consistent with COVID, we'll get them started on treatment right away. And then we stay close, we stay in close touch with them. And if symptoms change, we either escalate therapy, we'll add additional things in, and we continue to add things in or to be more aggressive as, as we need to. For most people, though, from an integrative approach with early treatment, if you are using a handful of natural things like vitamins and minerals and herbs, and I have, a, I have kind of my own protocol that I put together. And then if you are using ivermectin, we have been using a lot of that. We have fantastic results. It works well. We know based on the research that ivermectin works well. 
We know based on the data that vitamin D has been shown to be helpful. So even just doing those two things can make a world of difference. We have probably another five or so things that we add in on top of those. And then we think that they have some additional benefit. But the main things that have been studied that have been shown to be effective, vitamin D, ivermectin. We've been talking with Dr. Wiggy Saunders of the Robin Hood Integrated Integrative Health and the North Carolina Physicians for Freedom. And we're going to continue this discussion um, in another program. We will continue the discussion about COVID and the vaccines. Thank you very much, Dr. Wiggy. Thank you for having me. And that concludes another episode of Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum. Join the battle on our website, www.drdansfreedomforum.com. The rights to own private property that cannot be arbitrarily confiscated by the government is the moral right and constitutional basis for individual freedom. Everything gonna be 